concept of dead rail or dead wiring means that there's no power to the wire or the rails, right? So we're using batteries in lieu of power on the rails. The big question is, do you hate cleaning tracks? Is dead rail the next big thing? In today's show, we talk with Neil Erickson about this concept. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome aboard, Neil Erickson, and good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on what part of the world you are. This is uh, Darren from Model Railroad Techniques. So as I said, we've got a special guest on board here today, Neil Erickson from the Big Island of Hawaii, so he can be found on Facebook. Um, he's recently done some MRA X uh, virtual clinics with uh, Gordy Robinson and, and and team on Facebook, sorry, on YouTube, I should say. So welcome aboard, Neil. So I always like to get to know sort of people about their modeling and their history and where they've come from and where they want to go to and their interests. So I suppose we'll get into that to start with. So tell us a little about your modeling history. Um, thanks, Darren. I'm, I think I started when I was around nine years old when I had a paper route. I wanted to buy a train set from the local hobby shop and uh, I collected enough money to do that. And course i got scoldings but i you know add my my train set and i don't remember what it was probably a a taiko or something similar and it had a, a little five by nine area in the basements my father let me uh, play around on and and i sort of kept doing that all the way through college and experimenting with hon 30 if you remember about the time was uh dave frary and John Olson were doing that in Model Road Magazine. And, you know, it fascinated me, these little teeny trains. And so, you know, for years and years, I did HO scale, uh, modeled different prototypes. And then somehow I found and fell in love with the Bachman OM30. Definitely. And, uh, you know, the railroad that you have most of the pictures of was uh, one that I tore down not long ago after a bicycle crash. And it was based on my location here in town, Uma Uma is a little community. So Uma Uma Railway and Navigation Company. And the logo was the, hmm. well, I'll let your imagination run, the U-R-N-N. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I had fun with that. I learned a lot. And I realized what I really like is the artistic aspect of building a model railroad. And I wanted to do one that was sure. more representative of an actual place. And so... When I could, slowly yep. started tearing down that layout. But uh, I'm a very avid cyclist, and unfortunately, that comes with a lot of accidents. And and that one put me down, and I got maybe a little depressed, and maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have been so rash and tearing everything out. But it did help me with focus. And now I'm working on a new layout, and and behind me is the portion of the second deck I've just begun, and the lower deck behind me. It's um, it's been an adventure. My whole life has been learning new things because of model railroad. That's right. I, I think it's just a huge big tent and there's so many things you could do. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And I think that's the beauty of model railroad, railroading, I should say, is there's just so many aspects that you can get interested in. There's We're going to talk about dead rail in a sec. I've never even heard of this concept before. I, I think I heard uh, Kaylee Zhang talk about it on Lionel's show. Um, and then I sort of thought, well, that sounds very interesting and thought, well, that's never even considered that would even be an option for as model railroading. It was always like power gets fed from the track. That was into the story type thing. But no, you guys and girls are forging on and making this technology and working this all out. So obviously we'll have a chat about that in a sec. So 
a little more on your your current your current layout. So ON30, mainly Buckman type. Um, sort of at what point are you at yeah, the layout? Yeah. Are you at the point where you can start running some right. trains around and having some, having some fun with it? Oh, absolutely. The the layout now goes around the room from staging to staging, and that represents um, – well, let me back up a little bit. The railroad sure. is actually designed around a junction and a branch line, and then everything feeds into that one junction of Oahu, yeah. which is uh, the capital of our, of our sure. state, yeah. uh, Honolulu, you've probably heard of. And from here, it's about – you know, a 45 minute plane flight, but, um, I get over there occasionally. My son lives there and I've learned a lot about Waipahu, which is the junction that went up into the inland part of the Island and serviced, um, a very large sugar mill owned by the railroad, as well as the pineapple fields. And so I became fascinated with a lot of that. And it, it wasn't just, um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't just sugarcane and, and little plantation locomotives. This is a mainline class one railroad with signals and K-28s, um, C-16s and all of these yeah, okay. outside frame locomotives are just fascinating, right? I so I just kept never, learning uh, more and more about obviously them. Obviously, the geography of Hawaii, I, I being from Australia, that's not something we learn. So it's actually fascinating. You're talking about a class one railway on on your island that sort of obviously shows you the, the the size of of the main island there that you have and obviously it's probably dozens and dozens of other smaller islands that form whole you know you, the province of islands that you, that you live on there yeah that's true um the big island is actually so big it could right. take all the other islands and you could put them on here right. and still have room around them but wow. that railway okay. was on oahu and it's a much smaller island um the railroad, the big island just sure. couldn't circumnavigate it. It was just, it's just too rough a country yeah. here. Although it was the only standard yeah. gauge yeah. railway in the state. So, so I did model that. What's for next for, for your model railway then? Railroad, I should say. Well, I'd like to keep going. And my goal is to have a place to go and just fool around switching for a couple of yeah. hours and then run back down to the junction and leave some cars. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do with this is not dead rail, and that is to run on the lower level using JMRI, using some uh, sure. you know re automated operations where trains sure. could run in sequence or via sort of timetable, and that would keep going yeah. while I'm running another railroad, another train up the railroad in the branch. So I think it yeah. fascinates me because it's always just me. There's not other modelers around, and at some point. The ideas yeah. of these uh, remote operations might allow me to interact. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's something, obviously, I've started to look at. I've joined the, the Facebook with Gordy Robinson, as we've talked about. Um, sort of got – he got me – sort of got me thinking I'm a yeah. little bit the same. I'm yeah. sort of living in a rural town in in a state of South Australia in Australia. Um, there's not any other modelers close by to me, um, what I would call close by. So anything sort of an hour's drive where I live is sort of quite a distance. From our our standards, I suppose, but um, I'm definitely looking at yeah the the old virtual operations because I run a a piece of software called Train Controller that is a German software which is it's basically like a JMRI but on steroids type thing um, where you can mm. set up a whole lot of virtual servers and the like and and run your train. So that's definitely something that I'm looking at uh, heading towards as well and getting involved with that with with Gordy and and Co's help. Yeah, there's yeah. um. 
Gert Mueller in, in Texas sure. has been doing this as well as Dave Abilese over on the East Coast. And so there's some guys out there that are setting sort of uh, the standards for some of this. In fact, Gert, I think, is doing something that's fascinating, speed rather, um, uh, using Wi-Fi to control signals and switches. And so my interest in dead rail has now shifted a great deal toward Wi-Fi-enabled wow. re- receivers and yeah. the battery is is interesting and all my locomotives actually run on batteries now but i think the really the future is if dead rail right. uh will merge into remote control using wi-fi and the more throttles we see coming out i think we need to support that right. because jmr is yeah. obviously inherently wi-fi and using the Wii throttle you know it's going to allow us to to branch into that very yeah, easily sure. All right, so we'll, we'll might as well head into, I think, in the dead rail because it's quite a, a nice segue here. So um, I got on to, I bought, over the years, bought stuff from Duncan McRae from Tam Valley, and he's allowed me to use some of his yeah. photographs and installs. So thank you for him, and I'll put a link to below to, to Duncan's website. Um, I just happened to, in my research, that uh, I thought I'd better educate myself so I don't sound like so much of a dummy talking to you, Neil. So... Um, and obviously, it came. He we obviously came across him, and I sent you a few links. So, um, yet again, yeah. So, thanks, Duncan, for your allowing me to use that. So, um, as I said, I'd never. I was looking for a throttle, but actually, I bought a couple of throttles from Duncan, and he he was making radio control yeah. throttles before he he went off yeah. in this other direction. And and the ones that he sold me are fantastic. They work great. They're around here somewhere. So, as I said, of before. Probably getting into the AML podcast, I'd never heard of Dead Rail before. I'd never even considered it as a, a concept, so to speak. And obviously, you sort of go down your, your little rabbit holes, and sometimes you you need to come out of that hole yeah. to actually come and see what else is in the model rail rating land, I think. Um, and that's what I've done here. Yeah. And so, um, so I've got a list of what I could see sort of pros and cons. There's pros and cons no matter where you're going, full DC, DCC. And obviously, dead rail. And there's a myriad of other, other. I think LLC. I think is another protocol, or um, that the people are looking at doing. So, um, so if you can sort of just walk us through what's required to run dead rail, if that makes sense. Well, dead rail. Yeah, you know the the concept of dead rail or dead wiring means that there's no power to the wire or the rails, right? So. We're using batteries in lieu of power on the rails. Everything else is pretty much the same. The only difference is now instead of controlling your train through the the rails, you need a receiver. And it's important that you separate the two because you have a receiver that's basically radio frequency or frequencies are out there and the battery. You can have one without the other and vice versa, but you know, you, in order to run something that's battery powered, you probably don't yeah. want to run your controls through the rail. So you have a picture of yeah. Duncan's um, antenna there, and you can use that with any DCC throttle. You connect that up to the bus, and now you can control oh. your locomotive with the receiver built into it. Sure. And obviously that might have a battery. Some guys are bringing power from the rails to recharge the battery which yeah like um stanton neil stanton uh, has been doing that and i bought some of those and i think i got an early sure. set because the batteries didn't last very long um but i'm going to get in touch with him and try that again but he's also been teaming up with uh wi-fi tracks 
and they are using some of his yeah. boards and some of his concepts to do Wi-Fi enabled locomotives using yeah. the Stanton batteries and sure. battery backup, you know, charging systems. So what do you need? You need a receiver and like the NCE has a dead rail receiver and you can use a battery and you don't need to have anything else besides a throttle. If you're going to use blue rail, there's the blue rail trains and you can run everything right. using your okay. phone. Right. right? And, and you don't need a, um, sure. you know, you don't need a system per se. Um, if you wanted to go Wi-Fi or a regular uh, radio control, you could use either uh, the CVP handheld throttle that con con you know, connects directly to your locomotive through that receiver. And the image you have up on the screen there is really a good example of how you use your throttle sure. independent of a DCC system to go straight to the locomotive and you can right. control everything you would normally. If you want, you can have... a a decoder in line, a DCC decoder, so that you can control all right. of the regular things that okay. a DCC decoder a receiver engine can have. So the, the sure. difference is that you're sending commands via the air. And so it gets you, it sort of begs the question, why bother with the batteries if you have all these rails out there using, you know, that can conduct electricity? Well, maybe you want to weather rails a model a railroad that had wooden rails um maybe you would like to worry about uh, your frogs or your your switch points being powered you know there's a lot of good reasons maybe you just want to have a small section of the railroad that has some power or none at all i think some people like me have real aversion to wiring although honestly there's a lot of wiring when it comes to installing these so if you're going to try to do this yourself you're going to learn there's a lot of little bits that have to go in your locomotive so you know it's a lot of fun i mean i've gone down this rabbit hole for a couple of years now yeah is it the sort of thing that obviously the bigger at this point in time because obviously when dcc decoders came out they were big and bulky they only sort of went into bigger type locomotives so and now we've seen the latest generation of technology that's gone to such that you can get it into n scale and smaller type scales so is this sort it's of where amazing. we're at now yeah, where we're obviously we started at a point. Now dead rail is getting to a point because obviously some of the bigger the manufacturers are probably going to get on board here and sort of move forward regarding the technology, which brings smaller, smaller footprint of decoders, transmitters, and the like. Honestly, I think that we need we need to support the industry if that's the direction it needs to go. Because right now, I don't think there's a lot of interest in dead rail, um, mostly because of all the drawbacks. You, there is a concern about charging a battery inside of a locomotive, especially an expensive one. Yeah. Uh, they can swell up and overcharge if you don't do them properly right. or use good batteries. Uh, the heat alone could be damaging. Sure. Uh, you know, the, what I do is I pull the battery pack out and I replace yep. it. Now, if somebody could come up with a really simple system of taking out, say, um, a coal load or uh, an oil tank yeah. and has the battery battery integrated like you would your dewalt uh, or your makita and just drop it back in and it makes the connection right yeah i mean it could be that simple if it was really easy and simple i think you'd get a lot more adoption to that and frankly everybody that has a layout should have at least one you know battery powered train whether or not you're deriving the power from the rails because you could use it to clean the entire railroad it yeah, doesn't matter sure. if the truck is dirty. that's a very good interesting because oh, i got a list of pro obviously what I could see pros and cons here is that 
Um, obviously, the cleaning the rail is. I don't think anyone likes doing that. So that's obviously the biggest the biggest pro. Um, then you know something I didn't think about that I've got potentially the wiring of the layouts easier because there is none. But then obviously there's more complicated wiring within a locomotive where a lot of newer locomotives these days is just plug and play. You just drop the DCC decoder in, but obviously you can't do that with this technology at this point. Yeah. So, um, and there's no standard. No, that's right. right. So that's one of the drawbacks. Is it blue rail? Is it Wi-Fi? Is it RF? What frequency? And I suppose also another why I could see another pro is you could you can run these in conjunction with a full DCC layout as well as what the direction that you're going in, Neil. So right. oh, yeah. I see that as a massive pro. Um, if you want to have a dabble around with something and you don't want to take the whole layout in that direction, say, you still got the option of you know running a dead rail portion of the layout to see if one if it's something you want to do or specific, like you want to model. As you say, an old wooden rail section or, or something along those lines, or heavy, heavily detailed uh, weathered rail, which is um, what a lot of guys and girls are getting into at this point. Yeah, I think uh, Professor Kleiser from down in Australia, I don't know which end he is, Eastern Australia, I think, he did uh, yeah. a display layout using the wooden rail, and, and that's sure. exactly how he powered his local. It's, it's very cool. Um, yeah, okay. I think Marty Jenkins down there in, in Queensland, is it? Yeah, Queensland. Yeah, he's he another in, one. Yeah. He's, yeah. No, he's but he's Queensland. doing these yeah. Yeah. Yeah, HL scale four-wheel drives, right? Automobiles, and they're they're controlled with radio frequency and a little battery and servos. It's just a matter of time they're going to get small enough for, for what we want to do and get them all. You know, it would be nice if it was a standardized and everything could go right into the locomotive. But uh, I think we need to agree what direction we want to go. And I, the only way we can do that is support that that industry a little bit. It is really fun. Um, I've been working on a Wi-Fi throttle based on the MRH hobby, um, hobbyist forum. And... Uh, this my my railroad room right now is such a chaos. I can't find anything because it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose like no, that's everybody okay. else. So is mine. Don't worry. Yeah, it's good fun. But uh, right in front of me probably is one of the throttles I've been working on. Sure, it's good sure. fun. I suppose another big pro is obviously we talked about you can use the D you, you, your current DCC systems, which is I think is massive because often. Sometimes within model railroading, particularly if you've gone from DC to DCC, that that is a massive jump um, in cost. Not so much complexity of wiring, depending on the the toggle switches and the the cab control you're using, but to sort of go into this is, I think, less of a financial burden. Because um, if you've already got that that side of things within that locomotive, you're just buying the the ancillary hardware that goes along with it to to make it function as per um radio control yeah it's yeah yeah it's not cheap really. yeah the radio control the, um the receivers can be somewhere oh, between okay. yeah. 50 dollars okay. and 100 dollars. i mean that if that was the only thing that you yeah. you had to get yeah, then you'd be in top shape but you know you're going to need the battery and maybe the um some yeah. way to to charge it um and of course one set of batteries isn't isn't probably enough i've been buying batteries off of ebay and i try to find people that are selling sure you know, um protected batteries right and then i'll make my own battery packs yeah so they're not horribly expensive but you have to be comfortable wiring yeah, 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 you know, okay. these how long does a how long does it take to charge a battery i suppose oh you know maybe half hour question. and then it's 
Yeah, oh, then okay. I've been able to run a locomotive intermittently, you know, slowly for minutes to an hour after that. Um, it's, but okay. you don't normally just running your locomotives like a parade around and around, right? So um, I mean, you can, like an exhibition layout. Sure, sure. Do you um have sound decoders in yours? That obviously that's going to diminish um, battery life, I would think. But um, is that something you run or them, you just run? Two of them do. Yeah, they have DCC decoders in sound, and so the others. Well, the Bluetooth ones have sound, but it comes from the handheld controller, so it's not quite the same. Yeah, okay. Um, I had thought about yeah, having Bluetooth okay. speakers somewhere on the, you know around the layout where you could have it coming, but it just it's not yeah, the same yeah. as having a decoder in the locomotive with, no. with speakers, and I really like that. It does sure. really eat up yeah. the battery though, having the speakers and the decoder. Yeah. So you just you have to get used to that shortening your battery life, especially if you do a lot of you know stuff with it. Yeah, sure. Have you? Do you know of anyone out there, or was it something you're looking at doing? Um, so your top deck that you said where you were going to be looking at running trains and shunting them around, yeah. where you've got trains on schedules running JMRI. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm trying to liken the program that I run. As I said, train controller requires some sort of feedback from an ox- occupancy detection unit. So is there some something out there that you know of that besides using infrared, I suppose, is one way of doing it, where you're physically breaking a beam. Well, I'm using I'm using track um, power to be detected using something from NCE called a BD10. I don't know what it stands for, right. but you okay. you run it yeah. uh, through the bus, uh, rather one of the wires from the bus through the coil, and it will detect right. you know the current traveling through there, and then that information goes to N- right. uh, JMRI. Um, okay. There's also and I do have a bunch of IR detectors because I'd like to be able to detect fouling points. And so I, I haven't, yeah. I have, I don't know, 40 of them, but I was, I haven't started drilling holes and running those wires yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So much for dead real being simpler, right? I suppose it's, it's like anything with model trains. If it's something that interests you to, to build these systems, because it's, it's, it's no different that I see from DCC. Like you get the basically DCC and then, okay, I want to run trains from so my, my layouts, either fully automatic running trains around to create all this bridge traffic and, and mayhem on yeah. the layout to stuff that I run fully manually. Um, it's no different whether you're doing it with hardware where mine's a lot of software-based coding where you're just building building blocks to sort of get to where you want to it. So it's 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 whatever interests you. I, I think that's that's the beauty of of this of this hobby. And I don't think anyone can sort of have a go at any other person for doing it this way. Well, that's what I like doing. Like some people like super detailing uh, craftsman kit buildings, um, and they might have one track assets to this hobby. I was going to reach over here and grab some um, signal heads that I got from sure. Shapeways because. These uh, my, the railroad on Oahu had um, uh, semaphores everywhere, right? And so these are, oh, are just fabulous, right? In in O scale, so they'll be really great yeah. for my home road um, where the stations lo- are located, as well as out on the line. And the the servos sure. that will run these are all controlled through a Megapoints uh, controller from Great Britain, and you know they have it down to a science so that even when it, the the signal drops, it will bounce a little bit, like it has mass. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, okay. it should be really fun. 
Oh, you're looking at uh, a, a locomotive behind us in my hometown of Mount Vernon, Washington. And my father was fascinated with it, went out, took a bunch of pictures. And so I thought I'd surprise him. And I found this um, RS9 in S scale. <laughs> it could never oh, be wow. easy, right? So I've been reading no. it and I got some decals for it. And so I've been working on that and I'm looking for detail parts to make it look yeah. more like the one that's in that town. So hopefully he'll be happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a lovely looking locomotive. We got one very similar here. It's like an eight hundred, what we call an eight hundred class ah. locomotive, um, which is not too dissimilar. Maybe just a little bit longer hood than that, um, and it's with an Alco, Alco motor in it. So from the from the United States. I think so. these are all GEs. You know the, uh, the sort of, are, yeah GEs. Okay. Um, I, I have to admit, knowing so little about your railways except there's probably five different gauges and that alone is fascinating <laughs> not so much anymore uh there was there was a town sort of north you know, probably eight hour drive north of of adelaide south australia which is the the home home city of this state um that had i think it was four or five different gauges yes it's because back in the day there the commonwealth government Oh, our federal government and the states couldn't work out what gauge railway they were going to run. So this poor town had this conglomeration of everything coming in. So that meant servicing facilities and roundhouses and all sorts of things, all these different different gauges, and it was just ridiculous. Um, it's quite interesting. There's a sort of a, a, a museum up there that I like going up. It's called Steamtown, yeah. and it's got – you just look at it, all the things, part of the old track and – just so labour intensive, because what they used to have to do is like if they were a train came in from Sydney, which was from you know twelve hours east of that location to here, and it was continuing through to Perth, which is another twelve hours west, they would have to physically unload the the freight. I, I like I like the interaction between the different gauges. I think that's fascinating. Uh, my daughter was uh, interning in at James Cook University up what is that northeast. And uh, I was looking yeah. for an opportunity That's Brisbane, to visit yeah. her at some point. We'll see, maybe if she goes back. So, all right, just back on dead rail sure. briefly. So I, I, I read an interesting article that I think Duncan put out that he goes, the the future, what he thinks it might be. And it was quite interesting because you brought up about charging being a bit of an, a, bit of a, an issue regarding um, – charging these batteries correctly so he could see it even going to something on the lines of like a like the the wireless mobile phone where you basically you pull your locomotive into a service shed and actually there's facility within that service shed you set it up and it charges your battery obviously with mobile phones have come a long way to be able to get to that point but interesting it's an interesting concept that moving forward if, if that could be done that would be yeah i bought I bought a couple of coils used for wireless charging, but they have to be within about five millimeters of one another to, to make a difference. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, charging the Apple watch. You have to literally set it right on the plastic uh, charging. And so I think that that that's probably not the direction I'd like to see it go because generally you're out on the line, you're switching, and there's no way of knowing how long the battery is going to last unless there's going to be some sort of feedback. I think Duncan's capable of figuring that out. But, um, you know, if you're switching and all of a sudden there's no sound, right, and the locomotive stops, that's, that's not fun. And that was, that was another thing he did bring up, yeah, 
Now, he did. He did say that as another part. He goes um, a two-way direct, like uh, bi-directional communication between the locomotive to report that type of information mm-hmm. back of battery power, speed, even when as far as saying possibly even location within the layout. And I wouldn't even wouldn't even know how you would do that. But um, he's a very clever gentleman, as you've, you've pointed out. So. Well, I like the idea of being able to charge somewhere along the line, and maybe every time you come to a water tower. You have to drop the spigot down and make the electrical connection and uh, let it charge for a little bit, right? Then yeah, you can that's move a good on. idea, yeah. And the Bluetooth or the Wi-Fi should have a, a you know, the, the bi-directional communication, and we should be able to know how much water or sure. fuel do we have left in the locomotive. Or in yeah. the locomotive. I, don't, I don't know. That doesn't – well, obviously, I have no clue how to do it, but that would be really interesting if someone could figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the mind boggles, doesn't it? It's just a matter of someone to come up with some – Someone's probably come up with it somewhere, I would say. I would think so. It's a matter of time. So, right? Yeah, yeah that's been, right. So I, I love going and, and reading about it, but I also love building models. And so I, I've been going down these rabbit holes more and more, and, and I find myself frustrated. And then I go, what am I doing? I want to just go build other railroad. And so you know, I started this a year ago, January, and now I'm thinking, what have I been doing all this time? <laughs> I I could have a lot more done. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Well, it's like my current railway, I'm 12, I think I'm 12 years into it. So, um, And I, I've got to a point where I'm nearly ready to drive the golden spike on it uh, probably in the coming months. So that should be very exciting. So it needs a good clean, you might say, the, the layout. So because it's sort of – I'm sort of very ad hoc. You know, I'll get interested in something, so I'll quickly go and do wiring or something like that, and then I get bored with that. And I'll go and do scenery and then – but I little do I clean up in between each of these projects and I've got stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sort of I stuff everywhere. So, yeah. I, you know, we justify it by saying it's a hobby, right? But, you know, it's hard if you don't treat it a little bit with some diligence. You know. I, I, I recently got a big roll of butcher paper and I've been spreading it out so I can make sure I'm not ruining everything I've already done on the lower deck. Uh no, I've done. I've done that. Um, I, I did a video <laughs> on how not to do scenery. I got all excited and did a whole lot of scenery along the front of my layout, and then realised you should have done yeah. the stuff against yeah. the backdrop first before oh. worrying about the front. So, and I've damaged Speaking a lot of that of scenery. So it was a. This is embarrassing. How much time I've spent researching this because the ceiling slopes on either side of the railroad. This is up in a, an old hayloft, and so you know the ceiling is is okay where I've made it, but the room is actually much bigger. So there's a lot of void spaces behind the railroad. And I got to thinking, what if my backdrop was actually a sheet of plexiglass and I put a film on it that allowed me to project images onto that, like a rear projection screen and of the sky and the, the sunrise and the moon, and you could watch clouds roll by or a thunder shower come by. Um, and you can put them all side by side. These these little Pico uh, uh, rear dis- display systems can be integrated in the MacBook, so I could have five or ten of them all in a row displaying the same image rolling across the scenery behind me. And you know, it's just it's insane how much time I spent working on that to realize it's not what I wanted to. <laughs> it's it's fascinating. That's one of those rabbit holes. You get to the bottom and yeah. it's, you get you hit rock. Uh, someday, maybe for an exhibition <laughs> railroad, that would be awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. That's very very interesting concept. Um, it's a bit like the concept. I don't know if you've watched the on Disney Plus, The Mandalorian. Um, which is like an offshoot of Star Wars, and they've surprise, surprise, Star Wars has pioneered something as they did many years ago back in the seventies as well. But they do this; it's 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 like gaming technology that they've and they've got like a screen that's oh, almost one hundred and eighty wow. degrees wow. within their their warehouse. And so when the when the camera pans, so that obviously the image changes, like it's almost like virtual reality. Yeah. With the camera, and then obviously, then you put, or then all you need to do is just put some props between sort of the floor level, I suppose, and which would be easy, easy enough to do, and um, and the talent or, or the actors, then they obviously projected back. So I don't know if you've ever watched The Mandalorian. I've always wondered how they've got these pristine, um, you know, daylight shots um, at dawn, dawn and dusk and all that, and perfect lighting all the time. This is how they do it, is because obviously this um, um, this virtual, almost like virtual, just like virtual reality. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. Behind. I mean, the, the reason I got interested is because of the cycling app I use. I, I ride on a trainer. It's known as a smart trainer. You set your bicycle into it, and you take off the rear wheel, and then you use. I use a, an iPad, but a lot of people use these large screens on the wall and they're getting really big and some people use rear projection screens so that it's a, a live real size environment and you're riding your avatar real time with other people all over the world and you know if if you go down a hill your front end can go down or up you're if you're going up the hill it's harder to ride and other people are struggling just like you and and I thought why don't we apply that to model railroading? Well, because it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'd have to have whole rooms moving oh. on some sort of gimbal then, wouldn't you? Yeah, so, but it's, but it's <laughs> a cool idea. <laughs> Although someday. I'm sure there's someone out there that's thought of it and is probably trying to implement it. So it all comes down to how much money you're willing to spend, I suppose. Well, it, and so. surprisingly not as expensive to, to get it set up as I thought. Someday I'll, I'll try something like that. But right now I'm really having fun learning about the history of this <laughs> railroad. And um, and I managed – I have a little hotel in downtown uh, Hilo, and I met a couple from this town that I'm modeling. And when I was over there, I went, and, and basically we arranged to meet. And the couple introduced me to their family who had lived there their whole lives. And they brought me some magazines and looked at some photographs that I had and said, oh, I knew so-and-so who lived there, and she was born in the house across the street, but she married the young man, you know, that lived across in the other building. And so, you know, they could give me a lot of stories about what the place looked like, and they gave me these magazines that were published in the 40s. Uh, and just learning more and more about it has just been really, really fun, and it's the people part that makes it really, really interesting. Oh, wow. And you know yeah. what was grown there? Well, you guessed. It's it is rice. The whole, the history. They grow a lot of rice. Who would have thought? It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Not just pineapple. Not just pineapples and um, and sugarcane, like in the the north parts of my my country, anyway. So. Yeah. Well, the people who lived there grew what they needed, right? They grew taro yeah. and they grew rice and you know vegetables. But you know, for the sugar company, they grew what they needed, and the pineapple yeah, company sure. what they could sell. And so I don't think anybody had problem getting what they needed from. No, 
No, that's right. So plenty of uh, scope for all sorts of uh, industries there, isn't there? So for a model railway, that's for sure. So Oh, it's fun. And they even they even brought cattle, you know, and took it to the slaughter yard. And so they use the manure to fertilize the pineapple fields. So I'm hauling we're back. <laughs> I'm very interested. There's a, a picture that keeps scrolling through. It looks like you've drawn a track plan on a piece of tissue or toilet paper. Is there a little backstory to that or? <laughs> um, that was a, a railroad for a friend and he wanted to model these, uh, circuitous routes in California before we moved here. And I enjoyed doing, um, track plans and I des- enjoy helping people design, even, even backyard railroads have been helping people design bridges and structures so that they support the live steam engines. And, uh, that part of it is really, really fun. And you can see, I don't, I don't use a computer to do a lot of this. I I like to draw it by hand, and then especially for myself, I'll flush it out. Unless it's something that needs to be done more, you know, using the math to make sure it's appropriate, I'll tell them what size members to use. But that's been that's been really fun, and just the opportunity to to take what, what I've learned for my whole life and apply it to model railroading has been, I don't know, maybe what it was always intended to be used for. I don't know why. Why does anyone pursue? when they become a when they're up in a, in, a, in a gold mine in Colorado and it had all these spiral loops and tunnels and huge bridges and you know going from the smelter down to the interchange so I really had fun with that and he had a really awkward shape room so I'm not sure what he's done with that but um, he lives out in Louisiana somewhere. We've never met. You know, it's just the, the beauty of this hobby and the way that we're interacting now, you know, allows yeah. us to, to communicate with Correct. people from all over the world. I love that part. Correct. Yeah, no, I've definitely – it's one of the reasons why I probably do these video podcasts is I, I tried my hand at doing how-to videos and they are very, very hard. One, to videotape, two, edit, and three, actually be any good at it. Um, and it's the time. I, I just couldn't afford the time where these are. A little bit of um, uh, preparation up front. Um, you learn about people's modelling and what they're doing. And, you know, i got one, literally one coming up on Wednesday. I'm just literally emailing people, messaging like yourself. And some people say, yep, no worries. Other people say, oh, thank you, but no thanks, which is fine. But I'm actually talking to two of the the electrical engineers at the Miniature Wonderland wow, in Hamburg on Wednesday. Yeah. So... So um, I'm look, really looking forward to that. I'm a little bit nervous about that one, to be quite honest with you, because it's obviously the biggest model railroad in the world. And I'm sure massive, they put massive their slacks on one undertaking time, eh? on, their, on their part. Yeah, well, that's right. We all, that's exactly right. So that's I've thoroughly enjoyed just getting out and about and then putting these things up on YouTube and getting to know people all around the world. And yeah, I know we were due to come over for a holiday. Well, I've, I've had the opportunity to. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of famous people over the years, and yeah. uh, somewhere along the line, you realize we're all here for the same reason, and Correct. you know we want to meet one another and discuss the things that are in common with us. That's so right. I wouldn't be nervous. I, even even just meeting you today was exciting because yeah. I like meeting new people, talking yeah. about my hobby. But it sounds to me like you're doing it for the very same reason. Oh, definitely, definitely. I just want to. I think this. It shouldn't take the. I don't like dwelling on current world events but you know it's it shouldn't have taken what it has to you know we got the virtual nmrx that gordy and that are, and team are running and you know are doing this and more podcasts and 
more content getting out there. But moving forward, I definitely want to keep doing my bit to promote this hobby. It's just fantastic. So I think um, young Lionel sort well, I'd of love, – I love the feedback I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting the feedback on my Facebook page too, and it encourages me to keep moving forward. So yeah, if you look definitely. up um, the Oahu, Oahu Railway Waipahu Branch – or Oahu yeah. Branch, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me start sure. again. The, the, the Oahu Railway – Wahiwa branch in ON30. And so that is the Facebook group page I've created to help oh, lovely. encourage okay. me to post more and, and make some progress on here. So it's uh, a lot of the doing, yeah. I might just get you to put that up I'll in, in the Messenger link. and I'll, I'll I'll do a link to that uh, definitely. And right. so people can come and have a look and I'll post that, probably post this. If you're happy with that, I'll post this video up there. So Absolutely. I love the encouragement. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, literally. Yeah. Um, and I can't drive to the nearest hobby shop, so. Yeah, well, I, I, I can do that, but I, it's still a bit of a, a hike down to where I've got to go. But anyway, these things happen. So anyway, uh, Neil, so thank you so much for taking some time away from your family, new horses and everything else that's going on in on your world right now. And I think you had some machinery dumped at your house this morning, I think you were saying, when you first when we first organised this date. So um, as I said, I, I'm in in debt for all these lovely people that are willing to come on the show and talk with me for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, sometimes longer. So thank you very much. Dazzy, it's always a pleasure. Please let me know if we can do this again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So if we get this uh, layout uh, along the way, we might just do something just purely on the on the layout this time. So, Well, I'd love to show you what I'm working on. That'd be great. Good. 